Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeBone, and this is a happy, hippie place for talking all things magic, witches and fiction, and creating the kick-ass life of your dreams. Ho, 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 and hello. Thanks for joining me for episode 429 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio where you will also find a link to Luciana Lyra or Lyra I'm so sorry Luciana for screwing up your last name but she is the host of the Possibility Department podcast and the kick-ass creatrix behind the Possibility Department brand, and she is the patron of the month here for November 2019. I have known Luciana behind the scenes for a while now because of the setup for the behind the scenes with Hippie Witch over on Patreon, and I know for sure you all are going to love her. I also, speaking of Patreon, before we get started, last the last episode here, I forgot to thank the new patrons. I just hopped right into the episode, I think because it was political and I was just very serious minded and I just sort of like plowed through. So this time I got a long list of people to shout out and I'm totally going to do it name by name. Thank you to anybody who has ever supported the podcast over on Patreon. I appreciate each and every one of you so much, but I want to give a special Thank you, shout out to new patrons, Rachel Fortune, Erica Trujillo, Anna, Linda Vincent, Holly, Snowdrop, we have a Snowdrop, Dino Whitfoth, uh-oh, here's one I don't know, this happens, my auto, I have to pause this and go back into my email to see who this is because my autocorrect Changes people's names, and I know that this is not a real name. Hold on a second. Lauren. Lauren, how does my autocorrect not recognize <laughs> Lauren? I have a Glenn to shout out here, too. Glenn Davis and my autocorrect. I cut and paste your names from my email into this PDF I'm reading here, and it wanted to turn Glenn Davis into Gland. David. So I'm really glad I caught that (laughs) because there are no glands, as far as I know, joining us over on Patreon. Also, Jasmine Rose, Deirdre Doran, Tracy McMillan, Isabel Forstman, Aaron, I-E-L-T-S Hacker. I had to Google what I-E-L-T-S was when I saw that come through because of the word hacker. I was on high alert, like, who's trying to hack in to my Patreon account? But that's not what it's about at all. So welcome, I-E-L-T-S hacker, Thalia Calderon Canseco. I've known you for a while, girl. Hello. Welcome, welcome. And Rachel Goodwin, thank you all for 
helping the kid and I keep the lights on. I hope you're enjoying the content over there. And, and I just announced on Patreon, I'm very excited about this. We are doing a Patreon exclusive for December. I wanted to mix it up from the usual structure that I really strictly adhere to always, except for December. I wanted to do something really special for the holidays. So we are going to do the 12 days of Vlogmas, 12 videos for December. And it's going to break down like this. So the tribe, you can support the podcast for $1 a month. That puts you in the tribe tier. The tribe tier will be getting four of the 12 videos. The brave tier is the most popular tier, and that's where we actually discuss the topic of the month back and forth in some depth. That tier will be getting eight of the 12 videos, and then the Witchy Writer's Journey podcast and above will get all 12. I think it's going to be a good time. And then in addition to that, our book club pick for December, it was our pick for November, but... People are on these long-ass library waiting lists, so we had to, like, push it into December <laughs> because Lee Bardugo is a very popular author, and her book, Ninth House, which is the book club pick, is so good. That's going to be our book club pick for December, so if you want to join us for that, it's not too late. Buy it on Kindle, get the audio book, or just go get the actual book to hold in your hands, which is what I like to do. Uh, If you don't want to join our book club, I still recommend reading Ninth House. It's so great. I I don't think I did it justice when I was not very far into it. The first time I mentioned it here, I was maybe, I don't know, maybe a third into it. I was super stoked. I knew like, oh my God, I love this book. But I, I said it was billed as adult when I thought it was more goth YA. And that was really just because it involves college-age kids. And they're kids to me. (laughs) College people are kids to me, okay? It's all relative to how old you are. But I was wrong about that. The content is mature and really intended for older readers. So I thought I should make that correction. And then I also, I think I gave this warning, but I feel like I should give like a trigger alert warning again if I didn't do it the first time or just to repeat. There are a couple scenes in particular that might be concerning depending on what you're sensitive to. One is just, it's just really graphic and gory. We're dealing with somebody's internal organs and it's a little cringy. It's certainly important to the story, but there's that and and then the other scene that I think might be concerning is a pretty intense description of a rape, which is, it's a ghost rape, but I think it's just very rapey. And if you are triggered by that, it might be an issue for you. And I just want to make sure that I'm clear about that so nobody picks up the book and then is upset with me for recommending it. Okay, so also, this is kind of Patreon-related. You may have got the memo that I got rid of my coaching practice at the end of the summer and replaced it with something I'm calling the dream 
team over on Patreon. So I don't get to do as many biz witch calls as I used to, even though quite a few of the 10 people who are on the dream team, they will use their monthly call to focus on biz. So I do, I do get a little bit of that fix. And for me, it really is a fix because I have a biz witchy brain and I like to use it. <laughs> I love, I love talking shop with my fellow entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs. It's really fun for me. So I'm very excited that this is a biz witchy episode here today because the interview that is included here is super biz witchy, and it is with a woman who is still pretty new to the entrepreneurial life. So I thought this would be a nice feature for those of you looking at the decade ahead with your sights set on maybe starting a business of your own. So that just feels timely now that we have reached the end of one decade and we're getting ready to start another. And if you're not interested in the biz witch life at all, I still think Luciana is a great example of someone creating the kick-ass life of her dreams. And we talk about the joy of finding your witchy tribe online, tapping into the Harry Potter aesthetic, and not only recognizing, but honoring your core values as a creative person. Plus, y'all are always asking me to recommend new podcasts, so here you go, a new podcast recommendation in the form of an interview. Also, she just sent me a link that the program that we talk about during this interview, it's called the Morning Oracles Program, and she just added planner inserts for 2020 for you planner nerds, and she created a discount code for us. So when you put Hippie Witch in at checkout, the code Hippie Witch, all capital letters, no spaces, you get $57 off the regular $150 price tag, and you should totally take advantage of that if you are interested in this. And you'll get to hear more about what that is, the Morning Oracles program during this interview, which I'm just going to roll right into right now. Hello, Luciana. Welcome to Hippie Witch. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm humbled. I am humbled <laughs> because you're one of these people. This happens to me a lot. I meet someone and I think they're a fan of the podcast and come to find out they're like a super wicked, badass peer. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, shit, that's very humbling to me because I'm always like, wow, oh, my gosh, who are these people? Because you're, I mean, you're pretty amazing. Oh, thank you so much. I, I am a super fan of the podcast. I've been listening since, I think, like 2015, and you were like my first intro into really this whole world, you and Tess Whitehurst. Wow, that's so cool. And I love getting, you're not super involved over on Discord, but I love it when you pop in sometimes. Like, I love that we get to hang out over there. And it's just been really interesting to watch your journey to now being this amazing podcaster, the host of the Possibility Department. Oh, thank you so much. I, I do really love Discord. I wish I was more involved. I've been for the past 10 months developing a program, which has taken up a lot of my time, but... Discord actually really inspired me because I incorporated Discord into my own program that I'm doing now. And it's just, 
it's so great to get to meet people on that level. So the format that you've done has really inspired me in my work as well. It's amazing. I mean, it's just such an interesting, it's really different than like Facebook groups, which yes. is how I always hosted groups for my programs. And I feel a little bit bad about not entirely abandoning my Facebook groups, but not spending much time over there. I, you know, I would love to find a way to bring everybody over with, but as far as I know, I have to do that manually one by one. And that, that turns into a hot mess. So it's just hooked up for patrons, but it's, well, I mean, we have the best tribe ever for one thing, but also it's just so cool that you can sit there and chat in real time and, get to know people. And I think no wonder we don't hear from you very often because (laughs) you've got your own thing going on and you're building your own tribe. And I think, yeah, using discord is going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been pretty incredible. This is the first time I've done anything like this. And there's a woman in there from Australia and from Spain. And it's just crazy that you're talking to these people on the other side of the world and they get you on a level that people who maybe live near you don't don't get you you know what I mean so oh, it's yeah. just the internet's amazing the internet was made for witches maybe, yeah. maybe by witches I don't know <laughs> uh, I mean it just allows you it's that whole weird must stay thing so many people that are witchy or into like alternative spirituality they cannot find their tribe where they live I think that's because they're afraid to reach out. I always wonder, like, you know, it's funny. I always hear from people who have the same fear. How many of you are living in the same hood and you don't even know it, right? Probably true, yeah. I mean, because they're just, I've talked to people all over the world that have the same problem. Like, they feel like the freak in their community or the only one. But then the internet allows us to create, I think, these really deep relationships with people that live all around the world. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if that's changing too, because spirituality and new age and even witchcraft is becoming a lot more mainstream. So I wonder if in 10 years, if any of us are still going to be closeted with that, or if it's just going to be part of our normal world, you know, but I'm guilty of, of closeting as well. Like most people don't even know that I have this business. I just find it unnecessary to share in certain situations, you know? Oh, for sure. There's no reason. I mean, even if you're a Christian, does everybody need to know that the minute you meet them? Right. Precisely. Yeah. So I, I really, I also like to guard it a little bit. You know, there's, there's a tribe of people who kind of huddle around the possibility department and I don't want any negativity coming to our space or them. So I'm, I'm pretty guarded with who I tell. I'm looking at your website right now. I'm dying. It's so gorgeous. And you look like there's a picture of you in a black coat with, I can't tell. Do you have a hood on the back of your black hair? Yeah, yeah, it's French. (laughs) You look like a modern witch. Like the first thing you think when you see this picture, if you're witchy is, oh my God, she's a witch. But if you're not witchy, you're just like, oh, she looks like a cool city girl, like walking down the street. And then it's just clean, clean, clean. The whole thing is clean. And it says, welcome to the department, witches. That's really validating because it took me like a year to build the website. It was, it it was definitely a process. And also when I first started my brand, I spent a long time thinking about the aesthetic that I wanted and the vision that I wanted and how I could translate kind of myself and who I am into a brand. And I'm really happy with how I've done that. It's been like two years now, so it's about time. (laughs) 
<laughs> so let's tell people what is the possibility department. So it's in essence, a self-development brand. There's a couple of different things. I started doing like printable Oracle cards slash affirmations. And I had some success with that on Etsy with my first launch. And then when I decided that I really wanted to grow my business, I realized that hand cutting cards was just not something viable for me to grow. It's not sustainable. It's not scalable. It's not all those things. Precisely. I couldn't, I couldn't see myself 10 years from then, (laughs) from there, like hand cutting cards and the way I was doing things. So I did come up with a new deck. I do have a new deck and, and a proposal, but I sent it off to a publisher and I'm still waiting to hear back. I kind of put all my eggs in one basket because I feel like this publisher is right for me, but it's been like four months and I haven't heard anything. Oh. <laughs> well, shout outs to the, to the witchy publishers listening to this right now. Go check out the possibility <laughs> department. Yeah. So, um, I, I submitted that and then I started creating more like uh, digital content. I started my podcast, which kind of infuses spirituality and witchcraft and new age and all of that stuff. And then I created my first program, which is the morning oracles program, which is basically, um, like a morning routine program for spiritual people to get into the habit of a morning practice. Didn't you sell out the first time you ran that? I did. I did. I sold out. I, I guess it was, we're on day seven now. So it must've been a week or two weeks ago. First I had pre-sales up and then I sold out of the pre-sale slots and then I sold out of the rest of the slots too. It's, it's a humbling experience. It, it was, I was shocked. It's so cool. But you know what? You really took your time crafting this brand. It's super unique so intentional that it doesn't surprise me that you would have that kind of success right out of the gate. It definitely surprised me. (laughs) (laughs) I I was surprised. I feel like what I create has such a level of weirdness and meanness to it. You know, when you create something, it's just like, it's so unique to you that you're like, is there anyone else who's going to resonate with this the same way? Hello. Yes, I do. I do know that exactly. Yeah. So it it was a surprise and I, and I talk about it a lot on my podcast, but I was really frustrated with myself because when I first came up with the idea, I think it was like January, February. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be great. I have a digital product I can put out. And it started as like, I'm just going to do this one worksheet. And then I was like, what if I made it into a master worksheet? And then I was like, what if I studied everyone else's morning routines and what they incorporate and what helps them through their day. And I did like a master, master one. What if I had like different levels for people who have different levels of time? And I'm like, what if I made it a 14 day program? (laughs) (laughs) So I went off and it ended up being like 10, nine, 10 months of, of working on it. So I was frustrated with myself. Like you got to stop at some point, but I'm glad I did what I did because the people who are in it now are really enjoying it. And I'm seeing how, much it's helping them and how much it's helping me to be the person running it as well. Like it gives me a different level of accountability in my life and like practicing what I preach. So I'm really happy with it. Yeah. I I would be very proud if I were you. How did you get the look? Like, why is this so, and this is what makes it unique and different. It's just 
I don't know, it fits the name, the possibility department. And then it's very like utilitarian. How would you describe it? I don't even know how there's a little vintage feel to it for sure, but it's just very black and white and Yeah. What I, is that? <laughs> you know, I I was asking the same question when I had the vision for it and I was trying to create mood boards. And it's the same thing with even like the decor in my home and the way I like putting things together. Like I've tried to find a name for the aesthetics and the things that I like so I can search it and, and get inspiration, but I can't find it. I don't, you know, it's, my style is minimal because I like to keep things simple. I do love a vintage flair because I feel like that gives it kind of a mysterious depth, but I don't like it to be over cluttered either. I am really inspired by the design house that did a lot of the artwork for Harry Potter. They're called Mina Lima and two people. I think the woman's name is Mina and the, the guy's, his last name is, is Lima. They like every time you see anything in Harry Potter, that's like a sign or a label on one of their products or something like that. It's all designed by this one design house and I'm very inspired by them, but their aesthetic is also very cluttery. So I like the vintage flair, but paired back. That was a very long answer, but yeah. Oh, it's a per- you know, it's perfect. And it's also, I was going to say, this reminds me of like the Harry Potter world. If there was like a secret service, you know, and yeah. it kind of, especially looking at you with the dark glasses and the black hood and the, the name, the possibility department, there's just something about it that feels like an agency of some kind, but like yeah. a, ma- a magical agency. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so glad. I think, I think that was a big inspiration and I kind of wanted to evoke that feeling anyways, because one of the biggest messages of my brand and my business is that there's so much mystery and so much that we don't know and so much magic in everyday life. And we're kind of refusing to look at it because we're looking for magic. You know what I mean? Like we're always after that next best thing and we're looking for things that are amazing, but all the amazing things are around us. We just don't see that they're magical. So that, that's a big part of what the possibility department stands for. And um, I think that's why it ties into the name and everything else. I just had that overarching feeling behind all of it that I want people to feel like this world, this reality right now is incredible because it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another brand that it gives me the feels of is Goop, which may or may not be received as a compliment, but I mean it as a compliment. It has that very clean, modern feel to it. And the Oracle or just the style of your PDFs that you do reminds me of like those vintage fortune telling kind of games where like a ticket would come out with your fortune on it. Oh, yeah. And to me, what you were just saying about you know, the, the possibilities, the mystery of the everyday ordinary, that's to me what that used to invoke or what I imagine it did. That was well before my time, but back in the day where it's just like this machine in an amusement park, but then you get this little piece of paper and it's like (laughs) the possibilities. (laughs) And, And you know, like kids back in the day, they would hold on to that little piece of paper forever and like hide it under their bed and tuck it into their journal. And it meant so much to them. And it was just a little piece of paper. Yeah, I I take both of those as a compliment. I love the branding and and goop and I'd never thought of the whole ticket thing. That's, that's pretty amazing. People have made connections between 
my cards and other things that I haven't necessarily noticed. Like they, they've been compared to the chocolate frog cards because of the shape. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm very heavily by a lot in the Harry Potter world, obviously, even when I don't see it or know it, but I really love that comparison. And it's interesting because just the name, the possibility department kind of makes me think. And what I was saying about the the image of you on the front, it has that like, Ooh, what if there was like a Harry Potter, like wizarding world secret service, but it doesn't look like that at all. It's a totally different aesthetic. And so you've made it your own. I think that's the secret is, you know, people worry about copying. They worry about being copied and they worry like, am I copying if I'm inspired by this? And I think the trick to authenticity and originality is to draw from all these different sources that inspire you and just let them marinate in your brain and see what comes out. And it's going to be unique if that's the way it's happening. Yeah, I I definitely agree. There was this huge melding of different influences and kind of finding who I am in the noise of all of that. I mean, there was a lack of self-confidence sometimes in that whole journey because a lot of people in like the self-development community, there's like this very pink and white aesthetic. You know, I'm sure you've seen on Instagram, like there's a very pink and white and like rose quartz and fuzzy white rug kind of aesthetic. And that's awesome, but that's not who I am. And that's what I was seeing a lot of successful kind of coaches and digital content creators in the self-development community. That's their aesthetic. So I did go through a period where I was like, Oh my God, it, you know, am I, am I doing this wrong? Are people going to even resonate with this? Am I just creating a brand for me? Just Luciana all by herself (laughs) in the possibility (laughs) department. So I did kind of have a little crisis like that. And then I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'm going to push through and this is going to be what it is. And I'm, I'm glad I did. Oh yeah. And that's what makes it different. That's what makes it special. I remember talking about like the first episode or the first couple episodes of your podcast and it being kind of problematic that it was called the possibility department. And like, would that draw the wrong people or would the right people not find it because of the name. Yeah. I think once you get your tribe and once you are consistent with your messaging, it, it starts to represent what it is. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I mean, it is growing. There's been a huge spike in listeners. It was hard at first and the name did make it difficult. Like a lot of police departments come up, I guess, because (laughs) PD. So, um, yeah, that's, that's why I've been asking a lot of my listeners, please leave me a review. So my visibility gets better because right now I'm coming up with a bunch of police departments and not the right people are are finding me. (laughs) It's the NAPD, the the new age, uh, possibility department. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's kind of funny, but you know, the podcast came way after the brand. So I'm like, I'm not changing the name of my brand at this point. You know, it's, it is what it is. And I, I am in love with the name genuinely. I'm, I'm not going to change it. It's so good. I remember too, the very first time you told me about it, I just had a feeling. I just knew it wasn't even a feeling. It was just a knowing like, Oh my God, this is a thing. <laughs> that's, that's awesome to hear, especially because when I first started it, nothing felt big about it. You know, it just, it, it all happened really quickly. Like I was working this job that I really hated and I kind of woke up and was like, what am I doing? And it was this very dramatic time where like 
I broke my lease on my apartment. I quit my job in tears. I moved back home for like nine or 10 months to my parents' house, which I said I would never do. And I was just like, I'm going to start a business. <laughs> my dad's like, what kind of business? I'm like, I don't know, a spiritual one. <laughs> what did they think about that? I mean, they've always been super supportive, even though they don't totally get what I'm doing. They've, they've always been very supportive of it. And I mean, I did grow up with kind of an inclination to like mystic, the mystic side, I guess, because my dad surprisingly is, is kind of like that. He had books on, on crystals and different things. My mom was more Christian. My dad was very open and studied like Buddhist philosophy and had books on herbs and crystals and different things. And he kind of had a mindset that was like open to, to anything, to all the possibilities. So maybe that's where it really kind of instilled that in me. But yeah, they've always been really accepting. They don't totally get what I do now, but they accept it. And is this your like full-time job or are you still working toward that? I am still working a day job right now. This was actually the first month that I matched the income of my day job. Ooh, yay! Yeah. A big milestone, a big milestone for sure. So I was really happy about that. So yeah, right now I'm kind of trying to strategize and plan and, and see how I can kind of leave that behind me and, and just go full time with the PD. I'm, I'm someone who like, I require a lot of security. So I think for me, it, it might be a process of saving up enough and everything. I live in Austin and rent is expensive. So it might be a process of me kind of like saving up. So I have a safety net just because I'm that kind of person who really needs that. But it's just so exciting to know that I'm, I'm here. Like I've done it. I can do it. I can make the amount of money that I would make at another job doing yeah. what I love, you know? And you can save that up. Like every month that you match what you're making at your job can go toward a month of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the plan. So I'm really excited and glad that I stuck with it. You know, for, for two years, I feel like I've kind of been reaching out in the dark in a lot of ways, like, Hey, does anyone get me? <laughs> like, Is this, does this resonate with you? And just asking random people in random Facebook groups, like, what do you think of this? It's been really a lot of shooting in the dark and just blind faith, a lot of blind faith, but I'm, I'm so grateful for all of it now. Yeah. I love that you are aware that one of your core values is security or uh, what did you say? Did you use the word security? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. It, It is a big core value for me. I think the older you get, the more you recognize what's important to you and certain things aren't necessarily going to change and that's okay. I'm someone where I just, I need to know that things are going to be okay next month. You know what I mean? And that's, that's just part of who I am. I sometimes I do wish that I could be a little bit more like fly by the seat of my pants or just, I don't know, a little more adventurous in that sense. Maybe if I was, I would, I would have traveled more at this point and done other things, but I'm the kind of person where I just, I need to have that safety net in order to function and be really happy, you know? Yeah. And be creative. I think that's reflected as well in your brand. And it's a really interesting complex dynamic that a lot of creative, creative people have because what they really value is freedom 
or security when it's really about like if you're going to be an entrepreneur, it finding a balance between both. Because if you want to be an entrepreneur, of course, the core value is freedom. But like myself, when I was younger, I was just all about freedom, 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 just got to be free, like flitting from project to project to project. But as you know, I've grown into being a single mom, like finding myself a single mom again, going into my 40s, I realized how important security is and my priorities shifted completely. And I started prioritizing, making sure that that part, that value is fulfilled before I start being like, yay, I'm free. I need that anchor, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly how I feel. There's a lot of things I want to do. There's a lot of travel, just a lot of things on my list. But in order for me to be able to experience that fully and be really happy about it, I know that I have to have that security behind me to kind of like breathe that breath of relief. So, and it's all relative too, you know, because when I talk to my sister and I tell her that like, I want to have my own business and be an entrepreneur. And she's like, doesn't that sound dangerous? Doesn't that sound like a lot of responsibility? Like to her, that sounds crazy and not secure, you know, but to me that sounds more secure because I'm my own boss. So it's all very relative to whoever's listening to you. Well, what's interesting, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but the times we are living in is now these jobs that were supposed to be secure. You work in the same job your whole life. You get a pension, you retire. They are not secure anymore. Those jobs are disappearing. Automation is taking over. Machines are taking over. And I actually think that the pendulum has swung over to creatives and entrepreneurs because we're making our own freedom, but we're making our own stability, even more importantly than that, our own security by building our own brands. And that's something someone can't just walk by and take away from you because they're trying to downsize the department. Oh God, a hundred and ten percent. I mean that that job that I worked at for seven years was a Toys R Us. Where's Toys R Us now? <laughs> oh my God, they're they're gone, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're gone. They're they're trying to come back. I don't know through Target or something like that. They were a terrible company. But long story short, <laughs> like I was there for seven years, and you know I was kind of a victim of that like the big thing that's happening right now where like big box retailers are all shutting down. And, um, I went to work for another company that it was its own. It wasn't really retail. It was a desk job, but that was also suffering and, and kind of seeing that taking over. So yeah, I think this, the most secure thing you can do right now is make yourself a brand. Absolutely. And even just like to freelance or consult in the corporate world, I think having your own brand is just so important to make yourself irreplaceable. Exactly. Exactly. So let's tell people how to find you before I ask the final question that you know I'm going to ask. Okay. (laughs) You can find, well, there's basically a compilation of everything at the possibility com. That's my website. You can find uh, my Instagram there, different offerings. I have free stuff and paid stuff as well. And then you can sign up for the newsletter there. So I would say that's a good jumping off point. And then my Instagram handle is the possibility department. And you're super active over there. I'm going to be super active again. (laughs) (laughs) The past couple of months have been, I was looking at it and, you know, I launched that program and I was like, Dude, I post 
posted like maybe two pictures of it on Instagram. Like I did not do a good job of promoting it in the slightest. So yeah, I'm, I'm hopping back on there now. And it's sold out anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's sold out anyway. So that's pretty amazing. I'm very grateful. So cool. Okay. So what do you think I'm going to ask you now? The one tip for creating the kick-ass life of my dreams. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> I'm an avid listener, clearly. Um, my one tip is shifting the way you perceive things on, on, a daily, on a daily basis. You know, when you shift your perception of things happening for you versus happening to you, I think you start seeing that everything else in your life starts shifting. You start to identify patterns that are occurring over and over. And it kind of gives you this power to design and create your life and change those patterns and, and create something new. So when you're going through something challenging, ask yourself how you're perceiving it and how you could perceive it differently because our perception is our reality, you know? So if you perceive it differently, can you change it? That, that would be my question. That is so magical and, and so on brand because when you shift from why is this happening to me to this is happening for me, it opens you up to possibilities that you couldn't see before. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. That's the, the whole motto and it's what I'm just super passionate about. So that would be my one tip. Well, I'm super excited to know you, lady. I think you are a complete badass. Oh, thank you so much. This has been such a dream. I can't believe that I'm being interviewed. I listened to this for so long. I was listening to this at Toys R Us on overnights, oh, and I never, I never would have dreamed. I was listening to this stocking shelves on overnights at that job that I hated, and I just, I never would dream that I would be interviewed on it. The world's a weird place, guys. I mean, magic happens, but also things come full circle. I think what you were doing is you were connecting with a peer. You were connecting with your own possibility yeah. by listening, and now you're, you're doing the exact same thing. I mean, in your own way, with your own Luciana flavor, but now we are podcasting peers, my friend. <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you so much for this. Alrighty, friends, that is that. I hope you enjoyed the Patron of the Month for November 2019. Definitely go check out the Possibility Department podcast. There will be a link here somewhere, wherever you are. And then there will also be a link to my Patreon if you want to join us for the 12 days of Vlogmas. So I hope your holidays are going well. So far, we just kind of rolled into it here in the United States with Thanksgiving and now Christmas and New Year are fast approaching. Until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.